This episode is brought to you by Krishna Nose. Yeah, good morning. So we are doing the Uddhav Gita. We are continuing from where we left yesterday. So we had done in chapter 16. Verse 14 we had completed. But I will just give you a small run through of the previous verse. He says that there are six important things that are required which leads a person to piety. Ablution, charity, austerities, ceremonies, observances at the various stages in life and strength. These are the six things that a person is supposed to have and remember me constantly. So this way a person can reach me. It purifies a person and then a person is able to know me. So we will today start from verse 15 onwards. So we are doing the Uddhav Gita, chapter 16, the last message of Sri Krishna, verse 15. The purity of the mantra consists in its being duly understood. That of work is being offered unto me. The purity of the above six factors leads to piety and the reverse of it to impiety. So in this particular verse, Sri Krishna is telling Uddhava, the mantra which is given, it has to be understood very clearly. So which is a mantra? The one previous verse, it's literally the basis and the foundation of how you go about doing your work so that you can reach me. Ablution, charity, austerities, ceremonies, observances according to stage of life and strength. They have to be done with remembrance of me and should purify a person. Now when you offer certain things to me, like say for example an ablution, Whatever the ablution could be, even if it is water. So what kind of a water do you think you can give it to me? Can you offer me a water which is touched by a person who is a sinful person? So there is a big question mark there. And the next three verses will tell us exactly where the problem lies. Charity. When you offer me charity or you do charity in this material world, the charity term by itself seems a very beautiful word. It is a merit in a person's name. But let us say, I am robbing people. 
and then I am giving certain portion of that to charity. It is like I am Robin Hood. So if I am Robin Hood and I have taken it on myself that I want to destroy the big, you know, the rich people and then give that, distribute the wealth to the poor. In my world, that is charity. I am doing something really nice. No. <laughs> that is a demerit. Even if you offer it to me, you rob people, you take money from them or you take properties from them and then you donate it to a big place. Let me be a, a spiritual organization. Now, that is a demerit. So, if a temple is built on a land which is illegally acquired, then it is not correct. Austerities, ceremonies. Now you perform ceremonies. When an individual performs different kinds of ceremonies, they are getting expensive flowers. They are putting in sandal paste. They are decorating the whole place up. Everything is done so that when people come, they will look at the decoration and say, Wow, this is so great. In Mumbai, there is a place called Lal Bagh. There is a very big Ganpati, Ganesha, which is brought every year and put over there. People throng that place because they want to see how big and beautiful it is and what a great pandal that is. Same way in Calcutta also. Every year they will do different, different pandals. And the ceremonies are literally like they spend money like water. Even at home, if you are doing some kind of a puja or a part or a ceremony, which is only so that people can come and appreciate the decor or the, dis you know, the display over there, that is a demerit in your name, not a merit at all. So, these six factors. Now we will take up the next one. Observances performed according to the stage of life. There are certain observances which a person does at the stage of a life. Yesterday I gave an example of a very big person getting married at the age of some 65 or 68, whatever. A very old man. The stage of life is Sanyasa Ashram today. If you have crossed 60, then you are on the path of Sanyasa Ashram. And if you are trying to get into householder's life, 
which means between the age of 20 and 40 that is a householder's life so what are you thinking do you think you can minus your age and go back to 20 to 40 if that is what your intentions are and if you think that marital bliss is there you are going against the law of this universe now the universe by itself is it never forgives you should know this the universe never forgives now when i say the universe never forgives i am talking of maya mother nature the lord is all forgiving god is all forgiving he will not even say a word he will say it is fine what can i do but maya mother nature will never forgive anybody because if you are attempting to do something which is against nature your own individual nature as well as the worldly nature the nature that is around us if you try to disrupt nature it is definitely going to bite you and if it not done this time but it may be done the next time or the next after that how do you know so observances for the various stages in life by the time a person reaches the age of you know he has gone out of grahast and he has entered the stage of vanaprastha like i said in today's day and age where the average age of a human being is 80 years i would describe it starting at anywhere between 40 to 50 years of age wrapping up your life is more important right now wrapping up getting over all your basic requirements what are the requirements the material worldly requirements of lust and greed that means you want to have relations with your wife or your husband or whoever you want to make money huh? these kind of things you want to get your children married off if you have children you want them settled in their life these are the things all that has to be done away with you should not be continuing with that The universe is actually moving in that direction. I don't know whether you have seen it. Young people, by the time they are 16, 18 and 20, have literally started earning a lot of money nowadays. And by the time they are in their prime of 25 to 30 years of age, they are already minting money. Some of them have got married, some of them are in relationship, you name it. They are doing all kinds of things. The same people, by the time they reach the age of 40, which basically looks like a threshold age, they have started giving up on life. Watch it in this world. Go and check out at least 
a few people in your own circle go and check it out and you will understand that by the time a person has reached that particular age they have started giving up on life and they have started thinking that i don't want to do this my corporate life is over but those who feel that their corporate life is starting at the age of 40 those who want to get married after that and want to settle down in their life are going against what is called the observances of that particular age which is where he says that according to the stages of life and the last one is called strength the strength is something which you got to use when the time is right again if you are trying to think that you are quite powerful and strong by the time you are 70 and 80 i think you are completely off your you know all your screws are loose you can't be pumping iron at that time have you seen people pumping iron at that time thinking that they are so strength you know they can lift weights they can run for 10 kilometers and 20 kilometers and do jogs and walks and all by the time you are 70 and 80 have you lost your marbles you are regressed in your life by the time you cross 60 to 70 and 70 to 80 you are actually regressed back to the womb reverse so your strength is dwindling and you are trying to offer it to me that is not correct so now we will try to go to the next verse to understand what he says these are very important verses for a person to understand that you should never misunderstand what he is trying to say. So we will do verse 16 for us to understand what Krishna is trying to tell us. We are doing chapter 16 from the Uddhav Gita verse 16. Sometimes a merit even turns into demerit and a demerit into merit by virtue of an injunction. Thus the regulation with regards to merit and demerit merely annuls their distinction. Let me take the six qualities that we discussed about. Okay. The last one that we attempted was strength. Right. Now. Merit turning into demerit or a demerit turning into merit because of a virtue of an injunction. There is a gentleman whom I know. He does exercise for 3 to 4 hours. Tries to walk for tens of kilometers. Does all kinds of things. Wants to play at that age of 70 plus. What is he doing? He is trying to strain his body, trying to squeeze out more from it. Your muscles and your body is not ready to do that. 
and the person is living on medicines alone. What has happened is the strength which is required to be used is being misused. So a merit of that particular age to keep yourself fit is turning into demerit. If you were the God Almighty, what do you think would be the next life? The next life would be something where at that age it would become reverse. Now let me tell you how this thing which is actually a demerit can be converted into merit. Listen to it carefully. There is an injunction. The injunction says do it for me. What does it say? Do it for me. Now, this person walks 10 kilometers a day. He is still very sick. Krishna says, walk 10 kilometers a day. Suppose you are a great fan follower of Balaji. Can you climb the steps of the seven hills and do it for me? 10 kilometers walk and reach me at Tirupati. 10 kilometers go to the Himalayas and do tapas. Walk those Himalayas. Go to Rishikesh and beyond. Go to the caves. Go and spend your life over there. None of those diseases will ever touch you. But the 10 kilometer walk which you think you are doing for your own selfish reasons becomes an offering to me. Did you see how a merit turned into demerit and a demerit turned into merit just by the reversing of the factors? It's a very simple formula. And this formula has to be understood. So I have given you the strength of a person and at an age which is required. So two things I covered up in one. So now let us see what is the merit and the demerit which gets reversed out just by that injunction when we do ablutions. Now the ablutions that are there. I have given you one example yesterday of a person who does these daily ablutions. Sometimes he gets up in the morning at a very very early hour and sometimes he doesn't get up. So, let us say there is a person who never gets up. Has given a promise that yes, I will get up at the Brahma Murtam. But in 365 days, 300 days the person doesn't get up. 
when you are in spiritual and half your life you don't get up. That merit which you have for those balanced number of days is minused out in as a demerit. Because whatever good that you think you are doing is minused out because your job is to get it get up at that particular hour. You can't just let it be. Now, this merit turning into demerit. Now, let us see how demerit turns into merit. A person is literally like a night owl. How is he? Literally like a night owl. The person has this habit of trying to sleep but is not able to sleep. And when the person is not able to sleep, what he does, he watches certain movies and serials related to Krishna. Remember, he is not a spiritual person. But he watches beautiful serials, he listens to bhajans, he listens to kirtans so that he can fall asleep. That becomes an offering to me. Krishna says, the same thing which you thought was not an offering, now becomes an offering to me. So, the forcible thing that is happening in that person's life of not being able to sleep, he is offering that for the Lord. And when he does it, it becomes a merit in his name. But if a person is getting up, gets up at that hour, has no botheration about the Lord, who is in spiritual by the way. The, and the only thing in life to do is to think about their personal development. Or is interested in doing something completely different which has no relevance for Krishna. Then that person who is in spiritual, that merit is turned into demerit. You can see with your own eyes how this merit and demerit works. It's a very, very strange phenomenon. So I have given you some examples for you to understand how this reversal happens. We will go to the next verse then. We are doing chapter 16, verse 17 from the Uddhav Gita. The doings of the identical deeds is no sin in the case of those already much too degraded. While association with the opposite sex is allowable to those to whom it is in order, a man already lying low on the ground can fall, can no more fall. Here Krishna is saying that the identical deed all those six things that we took into consideration. Now when these six things are taken into consideration, already a person is literally down there. He is a big sinner. has already sinned too much in life. And then he does something, little thing, little. He believes that he needs redemption. 
and so he attempts to redeem his life by say doing some bhajans or kirtans or maybe getting up early in the morning or trying to do charity at the end of his life then there is redemption then the person can rise a little but those who are in it those who are spiritual and then they are doing something which is not to be done which is called the demerit their fall is greater it's a reverse phenomena a sinner who does one good job rises higher so his growth is at this angle but a spiritual person doing one wrong thing their downward fall is straight down why is it so because it is expected that the person who is a spiritual person has the knowledge about the subject if you are a spiritual person and if you have the knowledge about a subject and if you do something which is not correct your fall is going to be quite a big one after knowing that lies are not good you tell a blatant lie a simple lie a very very simple lie that lie is going to cost you quite a lot in your spiritual world if you are a spiritual person let us say for example you are a spiritual person you are part of a big spiritual people you know a lot of spiritual people are there and someone offers a bribe or you offer a bribe for a spiritual purpose itself of course then your fall is going to be a very huge fall because you know very well to take or give bribes is not correct isn't it one misdemeanor one wrong act one wrong step in any direction can minus out a lifetime of goodness that you might have built up in spiritual that is something which you got to be very careful with but a very bad person a person who is not even spiritual does one good deed that person's growth is phenomenal please understand that there are these six things that we spoke of a person who has never gone to temple suddenly feels that he needs to go to the temple or the church or some place of worship because he has reached a stage in life where he needs that forgiveness from the lord so when he asks for forgiveness 
he is forgiven. But a spiritual person doing one wrong will never be forgiven even in his future life. Because he knows that he is not supposed to do that. When you take an oath in the government office that you will abide by the rules of that particular office which you have accepted, then you know the rules and after knowing the rules you are doing something wrong that wipes out every wrongdoing that you know. So, did you get it? Now, in this case, he has given an example of a man. While associating with the opposite sex is allowable to those to whom it is in order. Sex, basically one of the most driving forces in this world. A person can literally fall into the gutters because of that or can rise higher in life abstaining from it. So there is a difference where he says. So there is a stage in life where there is a married person. The person is married. And he is allowed to have relationship with his wife. But if this person who is a spiritual person is doing something which is not allowed while trying to be on the path of spiritual the fall is much greater. This is the example. For a spiritual person who is still not reached the state of enlightenment, somebody who is not enlightened, somebody who is on the path, after being in spiritual, does everything wrong. Like getting into a relationship even though the person is married or whatever. Then that person's fall is far greater. Because the person is trying to be in spiritual, wants to be a sadhaka. But a person who is in the reverse, in the material world, realizes the mistake that he has done something wrong. And then wants to become spiritual. He is still not spiritual, then wants to become spiritual. Then he can be redeemed. So did you get these two examples which Krishna has said? So we will go to the next verse. Now this is an important verse. Listen to it carefully. We are doing chapter 16 from the Uddhava Gita, the last message of Sri Krishna. Verse 18. For whatever one abstains, one gets rid of that. This is the righteous conduct that leads to the well-being of men and women and removes their grief, infatuation and fear.
abstinence from something. Let us say, you are a person who is given to doing all the wrong acts. Okay? I will give you one example. This is a very recent example where a person is doing all the wrongful acts. And this person who is doing the wrongful acts is told by me, can you please block that other person from writing or talking to you and bar the number because you want to get out of that. The person doesn't do that. It's okay. There is no harm in it. Sorry. The idea is to completely abstain. Not halfway. If you are in a wrong relationship, your job is to cut out, remove, slash through the entire relationship once and for all. Not even accept one message, not even take one call, not even have the number of the person in your phone book. That is what Krishna is talking about. Did you get what I said? Abstaining from something completely. Let us say you are used to something. Like say for example drinking or smoking or maybe even taking drugs or you are used to taking bribes. All these actions that I told you are the no-no of this world. They should not be done. Now let us say if you are smoking and you have given up smoking after listening and yet you have kept a small cigarette packet somewhere saying that maybe you know one day just for the heck of it I will just smoke that. Are you abstaining from it? No. You have kept that object so that tomorrow you can fall. Same way for a bottle of liquor. You give up liquor but you keep one bottle hidden somewhere. Oh, this is a very, very expensive, uh, I don't know, whatever, wine or something like that. How can I give it away? It is very expensive. So what do you do? You just hide it in some place. Does your mind know that it is there? Yes. If your mind knows it is there, then that is not called abstinence. That means you have kept the door open for receiving the problem once again. So I have given you this example. The next one about drugs. A person says, I, I used to take drugs. But then you know many years, now one, two years have gone by, I have not touched it. I have not touched it at all. 
And then what happens? Some friends of yours turn up. And when these friends of yours turn up, they say, let's go out, let's go out, let's go out. And then you go out with them and they are doing drugs. Now what happens is, they say, okay, you can also do a little. That doesn't matter, no? Once, once in a while. That once in a while is wrong. Complete abstinence is the requirement of spiritual. There is no exception once in a while. No once in a while. This is what he means. For whatever one abstains, one gets rid of that. If you do not abstain completely, you can never get rid of it. Whatever the case might be. It could be just a small indulgence on your path also. Why do you want to even do that indulgence? If you have decided that you are going to be a sannyasi and wearing orange color clothes and suddenly one day you feel that oh I need to wear some nice suit. What? But it is a rented one, you know. Sorry. Even if it is rented, it belongs to somebody else. But your abstinence is necessity. This, If you are a sadhu, you are a sadhu. You cannot come and contaminate this world. If you do that, then you are out. Then you can no longer be in spiritual. No exceptions in this case. If you are doing abstinence, there should be no such thing. A recent case which I saw, which happened, there is a newly married couple. Okay? And it was a media celebrity. Now, this man who's got it married to this, I mean, it's a media celebrity, so naturally both are media celebrities. Suddenly, the ex-girlfriend of this man called him up. And then he spoke with her for about half an hour to one hour. I wouldn't know how much time he spent, but he spoke with her. Now what happened was, the wife got very angry. She asked, how can you do that? Okay. He says, Oh, no, no, that's okay. That's, she just wants to be friends with me. Uh-huh. In the material world also, this is a complete no, no. You cannot do that. No way. So naturally, there was a fight. And I read it in news. That is why I am telling you. <laughs> so I gave you a very crass example for you to understand that even that one bit, that one mistake, you call it a mistake by the way. Human beings love to call it a mistake. It's just that little thing, you know, one smoke. 
nothing not a big deal one drink one little phone call oh my ex boyfriend whom i left 5 years ago just wants to be friends with me nobody wants to be friends with you let me assure you this much there is an ulterior motive so if you are not doing what is called as a complete abstinence nothing is going to work so in the spiritual world if you have given up certain things you are not supposed to do that again so those who say i have given on meat you know like i have become a vegetarian you can't taste meat after that no abstinence is necessary otherwise you are falling down so he says whatever one abstains one can get rid of it you should be able to get rid of it completely from your life this is the righteous conduct that leads to the well being of men and women that remove their grief infatuation and fear this thing abstinence removes infatuation and fear fear the fear arises because the other people will come to know what wrong you have done got it what wrong you have done the other people come to know so you are fearful so you will try to hide you should have been abstaining from it but instead of abstaining you are taking that little sip that little peek that one phone call that one smoke you know all these things or that one little you know burger if you are become a vegetarian now you are little, one little piece you know doesn't change sorry it changes it changes everything changes so for a spiritual person abstinence is a necessity no two ways about it don't even give reasoning if you give reasoning there is no relief just one verse before did i not tell you the lord will forgive you the lord will say fine it's all right doesn't matter because the lord is all forgiving but the universe doesn't forgive karma doesn't forgive maya doesn't forgive if you have done that wrong it is going to come back to you even if there is a grace of god on your head because as per the rule book of maya which is the karmic debt book that can never be wiped clean no can never be wiped clean so that one misdemeanor 
if you have entered the world of spiritual, even that one misdemeanor, that non-abstinence, going back into that thing, is wrong. Like I said, Krishna forgives, but Maya doesn't forgive. A very beautiful story is there where Maya is Radharani. So Radharani, when she sees another person like Tulsi with Krishna, she can't curse Krishna, can she? Radha can't curse Krishna. But Tulsi is there, so she curses Tulsi. Maya's curse is dangerous. Never take her curses. Or never fall into the trap over there ever again. Tulsi is born again. And she doesn't remember Krishna at all. Krishna becomes her enemy. She marries a Rakshasa. A person who is a demonical character. Krishna has given her a Vardhan that she will become his wife only for one day. She becomes the wife for one day but she dies. Basically because she is not able to cope up with it. So Maya never forgives. Remember this. Krishna will forgive. But Maya doesn't forgive. Any misdemeanor, any kind of thing that you have promised that you are going to do and you fall on that path, there is no way in which you can get out of it. No guru also can save you. I can guarantee you this much. No guru can save you. The reason is because you are against him. Because the idea is, if your guru is training you not to fall into that trap, and yet you fall into the trap, if abstinence is a requirement and you are not abstaining, whom are you against? Your own principles, your own master. And that can never be forgiven. And that is the reason why this verse was very critical significance to people. So for whatever one abstains, one gets rid of that. If you abstain continuously, not even one misdemeanor, not even that one mistake. People call it a mistake, by the way. No mistake, deliberately. Actually, you know very well. The rules are clear to spiritual people. And if that person does it, then it is not a mistake at all. Did I not tell you the fall is greater for a spiritual and the rise is better for a non-spiritual person? I just now told you. See, if you have not listened to my satsang, you won't even understand what I am speaking. But if you have listened to my satsang very carefully, I am giving step by step how these things happen. So if there is a particular thing which you have to give up, like this, abstaining from it, you should get rid of that. That is called the righteous conduct if you get rid of it. 
and that will lead you towards your well-being and that is the way you can overcome your grief infatuation and fear so we will go to the next verse now we are doing uddhav gita chapter 16 verse 19 by ascribing worth to sense object a man comes to be attached to them from attachment rises a desire for them and desire leads to dispute amongst men actually it's a continuous verse this is the same verse which we have done in the bhagavad gita do you remember unfulfilled desires leads one to finally ruin this is the same verse repeated here see i will read the next verse for your understanding but i am going to start the verse in 19 but i am not going to end it so i will read 19 and 20 also by ascribing worth to sense objects a man comes to be attached to them from attachment rises the desire for them from and desire leads to dispute amongst men so verse 20 says dispute engenders vehement anger which is followed by infatuation infatuation quickly overpowers his hitherto abiding consciousness of the right and the wrong then the end is very close you got the point so let us try to see these verses by ascribing worth to sense objects a man comes to be attached to them you value certain things in life what is it that you value in life you put some values to something isn't it now remember we are talking about uddhava over here who wants to be completely spiritual he has asked questions to krishna krishna has explained nearly 3/4 of the book he has been explaining things so basically he is on the path of spiritual the moment you meet your master you are on the path of spiritual you should know that okay but your kick off is not happening no that happens when the time is right so let us see so what is this that you are coveting so much what is the desire that you are not able to give up and what is it that you are ascribing to it saying that uh, this is there is a kind of an attachment to them ascribing worth to sense objects worth what is the worth of a sense object let us say for example a simple vehicle you may be having an alto or a maruti 800 or a santro or maybe you know i titan or some of these small small cars and then you are in spiritual remember this and then you say to yourself i am going to buy a bmw 7 series okay i am going to buy the fanciest of the cars all right this is a jump in your aspirations from that tiny car which you are supposed to use to the biggest car available in the most expensive one 
it is called a desire i will give you an understanding of this subject if it comes to your material worldly garments garments let us say you are a man hmm? you were in the corporate world you gave up the corporate world to become a sanyasi or sadhu or a spiritual teacher by let us say and now you were trying to wear all kinds of simple garments hmm? but then you say i want my garment to be designed by this great designer ha huh? I want somebody like that to design my spiritual garment. Spiritual garment to be designed by some great designer? And yes, my garment has to be made of this and that and that and that. It has to be merino wool. It has to be you know some of the best wool in the world my dhoti has to come from england is it your dhoti has to come from england that is your aspiration you are in spiritual and you want your dhoti to come from england how is that possible i want my turban which is made of the fleece of the you know the goats which are there you know their beard you know that they call it pashmina i want my turban or the shawl that i wear pashmina one small shawl one small tiny shawl of pashmina cost 15 to 20000 bucks and one entire turban will cost you more than 1 lakh rupees and you want to wear that 1 lakh rupees on your head by the beard of that goat or the sheep or whatever that bullshit animal is aha how is that here krishna is making that distinction your sense objects are driving those things yesterday also we had i had gone out somewhere so my disciple asked me i want to give you something at least buy something for diwali i said diwali i have too many of these kind of things you think i am going to buy i am not even interested at least one good one dhoti one this thing i am not interested can we go to this neighboring store where one kurta at least one kurta you can buy so what kurta for what purpose that kurta in that blessed store cost anywhere between 2500 to 3000 bucks i'm lot lost my brains to buy such an expensive thing that is what krishna is saying by ascribing worth worth value to sense objects a man comes to be attached to them the moment you put a value to an object any sense object 3000 rupees for one kurta 
I would rather wear a 50 or a 100 rupee kurta which is available on the roadside. That also I wouldn't buy. Why? Because that is a stupid thing. You cannot ascribe a value to it. Think. You have worn a sari, which is an orange color sari or a white color sari because you have become a spiritual person. And then you are thinking, I want one Kanjivaram. I want one Banarasi sari. If you are wearing white color sari or orange color sari for becoming a spiritualist, then why do you need a Kanjivaram sari? This is what Krishna is talking about. You are ascribing a worth to sense objects. A man comes to be attached to them, then he keeps on craving for it. Then that doesn't stop over there. It doesn't stop with one. Then you want more. If I buy one kurta of 3000 bucks, then I will want 10 of them. Because, oh, I look nice in it, don't I? The kurta which I wore, that was gifted by Mohanji. That's why I wore it. Otherwise, I am not even interested. I had told them very clearly, I don't want anything. Even if I come to somebody's place, I will not even want one this thing also. Why? It doesn't concern me. I am not interested in this kind of objects. So if you are in spiritual and if some sense object is titillating you, please understand this is your doom. This is, you come to be attached to them. And from this attachment, the desire comes. And desire will lead to dispute amongst men. The desire comes in. I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. That blue color sari, I wanted it. You are in spiritual for many years. How can you say I want it? You know, that particular thing, I want it. For what purpose? If you are in spiritual, you cannot have these wants and desires. It is going to take you away from spiritual. Because that little bit, that one person desire also is destructive. Sages, if you want to be an epitome of the highest, you know, the name in this world, you want to be the best in this world, you have to become a desireless person. I have done entire three, four days of desirelessness in Das Bodh. Go listen to it. A stage has to come where nothing should appeal to you. And if things have started appealing to you, you are going out of spiritual, that means. Here Krishna is being very clear by ascribing, you know, worth to sense objects. Even if this much of worth you are ascribing to it, a man becomes attached to them. This verse we will continue in the coming week also. For a very simple reason because it is not over. 
the next verse is in conjunction with it. So we will start from verse 19 next time. Okay. So verse 19 we will continue from and then we will progress further and understand the ruin that you will get into even if you have one single desire of yours. And how it leads you to complete ruin in your life. Only for those who have reached beyond desires do not touch them. Nothing touches those people. Alright. So we will stop over here and I will see you all in the coming week or tomorrow for the Dasbod Satsang. So take care. Have a great day. Bye.